Romans. We're in the book of Romans. We're in our new series, You Asked For It. Romans chapter 8. Boom. The Lord's provision. Romans chapter 8 is where we're going to be tonight. We've got lots of questions that have been sent in. You can still send in questions on what you want answered during the series. The question we're going to answer tonight is how do I fight my sin? How do I battle against the sin I struggle with? That's the question we're going to be asked or answering tonight. Any of y'all ever been to Andy's before? Andy's frozen custard? Don't call it ice cream I hear. Call it frozen custard. All right, if you know me, you know I love sweets and you know I love chocolate. So uh, I go to Andy's and usually when I go to Andy's I get a jackhammer with uh, hot fudge in the middle and I get Reese's and most likely I get chocolate frozen custard with it. So it's just like this chocolate monstrosity and it's amazing. Well, one day, uh, me and I think it was just me and Brittany at the time, we go through the drive through and I see a sign that said, try our new like caramel uh, pretzel crunch. You guys ever had that before from Andy's? So I saw it and I was like, and again, I'm not a guy that really ventures outside of my lane very often. And I thought to myself, you know what, Dylan, we're going to try something new today. That was a very scary thought for me. So I go there and I, and I yeah, it, it was hard for me not to say chocolate jackhammer uh, with, uh, with Reese's. But I said I want the caramel uh, pretzel crunch uh, frozen custard. Now I get it. And we're not even past the drivers, uh, the, the drive through window. And I take a bite of it. And I'm like. I'm ready for this thing. It looked good. And I took that first bite. Immediate regret. Y'all ever had that before? Immediate regret. I had that thing and I, I was like, I should have gotten chocolate. This is why I don't go outside my lane. I wanted chocolate. And in that moment, I made a decision. I said, this is not worth the calories. So for like the $75 I spent on that Andy's frozen custard, if you've ever been there, amen, you know what I'm talking about. I did not take another bite of that frozen custard because I was like, this ain't chocolate. It's not worth the calories. Any of y'all got older siblings? Your old, you ever see your older siblings getting fights with your parents, getting arguments with their, your, your parents? Do you guys ever learn from that and say, well, it's, it's not worth, like, fighting against my parents because I know what the outcome is? Y'all ever been in that? That was my childhood. I saw my brother argue, and it never went his way. Tonight... We're going to be answering this question, how do I b battle my sin? But we're going to answer this question, is it worth the battle to fight against my sin? It's so easy to give in to sin. It's so easy to just kind of go with what everyone else is doing. Is it worth actually fighting and putting effort to fight against sin? And the answer is yes, a resounding yes. And my overarching theme, what I want us to understand tonight, is that holiness to be set apart, holiness is worth the fight. Holiness is worth the fight. And I want to encourage you in a couple ways. Number one, uh, you are not alone in your battle against sin. I think we all have some aspect where we are struggling with sin. We keep falling into temptations. I want you to, to, to be able to look around and say, I'm not alone. Because we all struggle. Number two, it's worth the fight. So let me pray as we open God's word. God, we thank you for your living and active word. God, would you speak to us tonight? 
through this new series. And God, would you equip us and help us to walk more faithfully with you and walk in a way that honors you and, Lord, that we are nourished by you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to give you three aspects of how we are to fight against sin tonight. The first one is this. We are to fight sin from truth. We are to fight from truth. Romans 8, verses 1 through 4. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law be fulfilled in us. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You guys uh, ever had the test before in school where your teacher gives you the study guide and the study guide is the exact test? Y'all ever had that? I mean, talk about a blessing from the Lord, amen? Now that's, that's a great blessing. What do you do with that? Do you say, I don't really need this, I got it. No, like if you're like me, I'm writing down every answer, and I'm looking over it, and I'm memorizing because they said this is the exact test. So when I come into the moment where I got to take the test and the pressure is on, I already know what to do. You already know what to do because you've had the test, you have the answers, you have the study guide. When we are battling against sin, we have the answer in Scripture. We have the study guide, we have the plan in which we are to follow so when we're battling and struggling against that sin we continue, uh, that continues to not leave us, we need to understand we need to fight from truth. We need to fight from God's word. Verse 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. This is crucial for our understanding in fighting against sin. This says, those who are in Christ Jesus, those who have been made right by Christ, those who have surrendered their life to Jesus, Those people have no condemnation. Condemnation is a legal term for no debt or penalty. It means you don't have any, uh, condemnation means debt or penalty. And no condemnation obviously means no debt or no penalty. It says for those in Jesus, there's no penalty on your life. There's no condemnation. We see in in chapter 5, verse 18 of Romans, if you flip back just a page, it says, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, Right, Adam and Eve. So one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all man. And that's Jesus, his death and resurrection, that we now have righteousness. We've been made right with the Lord. And we no longer have that debt, that penalty upon us because Jesus took that upon the cross. Amen? That's something that we need to understand when we're battling against sin. Because y'all ever sinned before and then you don't feel like you're worthy to come to the Lord? You sin before and you're like, ah, I'd love to read my Bible right now, like a couple hours later, but you just don't feel worthy. You don't feel like, man, God, God knows what I just did. God knows how I just sinned against him. And we don't feel like we can access him. Right? That's a lie from Satan. When we understand that there's no condemnation, no penalty resting upon us, that gives us the boldness and the confidence to continue to pursue Jesus. Because when we fall on our face, he wants us to come back to him. And he's coming towards us. I like this quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones. Because there's this idea of how, you know, we're, we're believers yet we still sin. And there's 
people that don't know Jesus and they sin, right? What's the difference? He says it this way. The difference between an unbeliever sinning and a Christian sinning is the difference between a man breaking the laws of the state and a husband who has done something he shouldn't do in his relationship with his wife. He is not breaking the law. He is wounding the heart of his wife. It is no longer a legal matter. It is a matter of personal relationship and love. The man does not cease to be a husband legally. So as we are believers, when we sin against the Lord, that's wounding the heart of God. We're sinning in our relationship with him, but that doesn't set us to be legally separated from God. When we are in Christ Jesus, when we give our life to him, he takes the penalty for us. We can have confidence and boldness to continue to pursue him and make things right. Verse 2. It says, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. It says, we have been set free in Christ Jesus through the spirit. I'm assuming there's some kind of uh, list or at least a struggle, a sin that you work through in your life. Maybe it's just been nagging you. Day after day, week after week, month after month. And we feel like we will never beat that sin. We feel like we will never get over the hump with that sin. Verse 2 tells us that we've been set free. There's no longer any bondage. We've been set free from bondage from our sins. So that our sins are no longer masters over us, but Jesus is our master. And he's the one who broke the bondage. He is the one that defeated sin. So that's the confidence we need to have. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us who has awakened us to know him. And that we can live by the Spirit. We can walk with Him, understanding that we don't have to be slaves to the sin in which we struggle with. Because we know that Jesus is the ultimate Lord, and He's the ultimate Master. So that's good news for us. When we fight from truth, we understand that there's no condemnation on us. And we also understand that we're no longer in slavery to our sin. Jesus has broke that bondage. We can have confidence. We can overcome sin through Christ. Verses 3 and 4, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. God did what the law could not do for us, what we could not do for ourselves, right? You had the Ten Commandments, you had all the things the Israelites had to follow, the people of God, but they could not be made right with God. It is only because of Jesus we are made right. He was perfect, we are not perfect. We still struggle, we still fall into temptation, we still sin, but we have someone that did not sin and took that sin upon the cross. We can have confidence, that's why we can fight from truth, is that Christ is Lord over all. We are no longer in bondage to our sins and we don't have to act like it either. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled, who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Doing good things according to the law was never meant to save us. We battle sin because we love God, not because we have to, but because we love God. Romans 6.13 says this. If you just turn a page again over. Romans 6.13 says, Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. That we live every single day understanding we've been brought from death to to life and we live out of the love of that. We live out of our obedience is out of our love and admiration for Jesus who died for us. 
So how do we practically fight from truth? Right? You're struggling with sin. How do we fight from truth? Number one, rehearse the gospel every single day. There should not be a day that we do not remind ourselves of our need for Jesus and what he's done for us. Because when we do, we see that we are surrendered to Jesus and he's above us, but it also shows us that he's in control. So when we fight the good fight, when we encounter all of the sin and struggle throughout the day, that we know that Jesus is ultimately Lord over all, and that gives us the confidence to walk in him. So rehearse the gospel every day. Stay in the truth every day. Stay in God's word every single day because it will nourish you. It will guide you. It is living and active will change you from the inside and out. And when the time comes when temptation and sin is knocking, you know what to do. You have the study guide. Number three, stand on truth in the moment of temptation. It's one thing to know it. It's one thing, another thing to act on it. Number four and five, these are important for us to know. Surround yourself with friends that will remind you of the truth. Y'all probably got friends that see you do things and don't really call you out on it and don't really push you towards Scripture and towards Jesus. They're not really your friends. You need a community that's going to be pointing you to truth. And number five, set up systems for encouragement and accountability. That's what we want this youth ministry to be, a place that you can find belonging and that you're going to be grow, like you're going to learn in your relationship with Jesus, you're going to grow, but it's going to be at a community where you can lean on in the good times and the bad times. When you're struggling with sin, they can encourage you, but also keep you accountable. Hey, what's that thing you've been struggling with? Oh, you've been struggling with watching things on Instagram or on TikTok? All right, cool. Do you still have that on your phone? Like, this is friends asking friends these questions. You need that in your life. That's how you fight from truth. The second way that we fight is to fight for your thoughts. Fight for your thoughts. Romans 8, verses 5 through 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We have this idea pitting up against each other is living in the flesh and living in the Spirit. Setting your mind on the flesh and setting your mind on the Spirit. We, there's another scripture in, in the Bible that talks about taking every thought captive. Y'all ever get stuck in your head before? You start getting thinking, right? You fall or a situation happens and you start thinking of all these crazy situations. You start thinking of all this shame and guilt and all the things going in your head and you allow it to take you somewhere. Y'all ever been there before? I know I have. What happens when we do that? Our actions change because of our thoughts. There's an importance here. It says if you set your mind on the things of the flesh, your life will produce things of the flesh. If you set your mind on things of the spirit, your life will produce things of the spirit. It's simple as that because our beliefs inform our actions. So where are we setting our mind? We must fight with our thoughts, right? There may be one thing that someone says to you throughout the day that is just mean and hurtful. And then that's going to send you down a rabbit trail, and then you're going to be like, I don't even want to read my Bible today. Shoot, I'm just going to go and do whatever I want. I'm going to start gossiping. I'm going to start looking at pornography. I'm going to start doing whatever because it's a bad day anyway. Well, that one negative thought, and we set our minds on it, what did it lead to? It led to sin. 
for what we set our mind on, are, that will follow. In verse, in verse 6, it says this, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. When we set our mind on the things of the flesh, it's death. Now, it's not like, oh, I had an impure thought, I'm dead. Right? Like, that's not what it's saying here. It's saying, it's saying that when you are setting your mind on the flesh, when you're pursuing sin, you are going to be unsatisfied. You are going to be feeling left empty. You will have no meaning. You will have no purpose when you are setting your mind on the things of the flesh and your life reflecting on the things of the flesh. Empty, dissatisfied. But if you set your mind on the things of the spirit, it says you receive life and peace. Man, y'all know some people searching, seeking for life and peace? Y'all got any friends seeking for, for some peace, for purpose, for identity? I, I think we all do that at some point, and as believers, we can have confidence that we can place that in Jesus. But there's so many people that do not know Jesus, and all they know is sin, and they keep going to sin after sin after sin, allowing it just to take over their life, and they're searching and asking of it to find life and peace. But they will never find life and peace from sin. That's why we need to fight for every thought. We need to set our mind on the things of the Spirit. Right? There's times, right, you, uh, I'm talking to guys and girls here, you're, you're, you're scrolling at night. You're scrolling at night. Oh, snap. I didn't get invited to that, that hangout. I didn't get invited to spend the night at their house. Well, it's at their house. Oh, that's Sheila's house. Okay, I'm mad at Sheila. I'm going to start spreading rumors about Sheila because she didn't invite me to her house. Or maybe you're scrolling and you, you see something that uh, perks your interest. Oh, well, man, that girl looks pretty. I, I'm going to start looking on Safari. I'm going to start looking on different parts of my phone because I want to keep seeking this good thing that I thought I saw. And then where you end up is that you start looking at pornography. You start acting out in lust. You see how it is? Just one quick thought can take you down a rabbit trail of sin. That's why we must take every thought captive. When we're going throughout the day, yeah, there are going to be times where we fall. and We understand we're not perfect on this side of eternity. But to the best of our ability, he's calling us to take every thought captive. Because when we do that, we're following God's design. And when we follow God's design, we find peace. Right, we talked about this with sexuality. Right, biblical sexuality, everyone's favorite sermon series going on in the student ministry, right? And we talked about God's design, right? Those desires that he's given us within the, the design God has created. When we, do, when we try to fulfill those lustful desires outside of marriage, between a man and a woman, we find emptiness. We find dissatisfaction. We find brokenness. But when we live inside of God's design, we find flourishing. That doesn't mean prosperity, but that means that our purpose is being fulfilled because we're living in which how God has designed us. So when we want to battle against sin, we must fight for our thoughts. So whenever you start get thinking about a, a sin or a rabbit trail that's going to take you to that, stop in that moment. Take that thought captive because those that set their mind on the flesh is death. And, but those who set their mind on the spirit is life 
and peace. And those in the flesh cannot please God, it says in verse 8. So practicality. How do I fight for my thoughts? How do you fight for your thoughts? Number one, Colossians 3 tells us to seek and set your mind on the things above. Seek and set your mind on the things above. I talked about this. I led a a Bible study. Uh, My buddy Hayden was at it yesterday uh, for Santa Fe football, and we talked about Colossians 3, 1 through 4. And in order to seek for something, it requires effort, right? You don't sit back on a couch and, oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm seeking something. No, you're just sitting back and you're chilling. When you're seeking for something, you lost your wallet, your keys, your phone, right? You got to get up and you're moving trying to find it. You're seeking. If you want to take every thought captive, seek Jesus. Seek him, but not only look for him, but set your mind on him. Once you find him, once you find his word, set your mind on his word. Number two, memorize scripture and recite truth. Memorize scripture and recite truth. This is a a bragging on on Brittany and Noble. Uh, Noble is very talkative. If you've ever talked to my three-year-old, he is very, very talkative. And one of the things that Brittany has been working on with him is reciting the books of the Old Testament. And for a three-year-old, I feel like that's pretty advanced. And Noble, will, and there's kind of in the middle, like you can hear the endings of the books, but you can't really quite understand the, the middle of them, the beginning of them. But he can sing the books of the Old Testament, which is awesome. Like I can't sing to a tune of the, the books of the Old Testament. I tell you that for this. If a three-year-old can memorize the books of the Old Testament, you can memorize Scripture. If a three-year-old can do that, you can memorize scripture. You can memorize all the things you got to do for your test. You can memorize scripture. And it's not a guilt trip. There's so much purpose and joy and flourishing that happens when you memorize scripture. Because in the moment when you are struggling in sin, memorizing scripture and saying that out loud, out loud may be the thing that allows you to get out of that temptation. It's so important to understand that. It's so important to know scripture and if you were at the fall retreat, Bailey, who led us in worship, he said something and did something with y'all that I really liked, where he uh, just sang a phrase over and over. If y'all were there, you probably, Jesus is better. I'm not going to try to sing it for you. But he just kept saying, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. And I don't know about you, but when my head hit the pillow that night, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better was going through my head. When we recite truth and memorize it, in every single moment, it could be random moments, it will pop up. When you're battling sin, you need God's word. You need his truth to be able to take every thought captive. Number three is to pray, to seek the Lord and cry out to him. That's how you fight for your thoughts. You immediately start talking to the Lord. Many times we try to do it in our own flesh and God says, come to me. You can't beat it in your own flesh. That's why Jesus came. Number four, on how we fight for our thoughts. Identify what your fleshly sin, temptation, struggle is that your mind gets set on and remove all opportunities to get to that place. So if if, uh, gossiping, if, if Instagram or TikTok makes you gossip because you see other people, get rid of it. If it leads you into immoral thoughts, Pornography, get rid of it. 
create boundaries so that you can take every thought captive. And you're not by yourself where it's tempting you, whatever your struggle is. And the third way I want us to fight as we finish tonight, the third way is to fight through the Spirit. Fight through the Spirit, verses 9 through 11. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Fight from the Spirit. We continue to try to... to Creating boundaries and creating practical solutions for us is good. We need to have some boundaries and, and create some, some practicality for us, for us not to be put in those moments to the best of our ability. But deleting that app off your, your phone is not going to complete your battle with that sin. It's not going to help, it's not going to be the thing that defeats that sin struggle in your life. It is a, a cry for us that we need to rely on the spirit because our flesh is not strong enough to beat our sinful desires but the spirit is it says the spirit of god the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead also lives inside of you if you are in christ jesus and he only dwells in believers Here, here's a cool thing so and I, I might have told you this before when i was in elementary and early middle school I had a real anger problem. Like, I was just really angry all the time. Like, in athletics, like, if someone, you know, made me mad, I would, I would get in a fight with them. I got into a ton of fights. I was just a real angry kid. Jesus began to work slowly on me through the Spirit, through His Word, through His church, that over time, that I stand to you right now, and anger is not one thing that I've struggled with in a long time. And that's not to my own ability. It's not to my own glory. Because you ask my fourth grade teacher, you're like, hey, do you think Dylan's going to be a student pastor? He's like, heck no. Like, he ain't going to do that. He's going to probably end up in prison. Uh, maybe I wasn't that bad. But it's through the Spirit that I am now cured of anger. It is through the Spirit working on the inside of me that I now I'm anger free. I don't live in anger anymore. But it's through the Spirit. But we as believers, we need to seek the Spirit. We need to fight through the Spirit. We need to engage the Spirit in our life. Because it is not through our own actions we become more like Jesus. It is through the fruits of the Spirit, right? Being poured out because the Spirit is inside of us. If We can go through all these practical tips. But the number one solution to battling and defeating your sin, you know what it is? It's pursuing Jesus. That's the number one solution. I can't make it any more simple for you. Because the problem is sometimes we say no to this sin and we try to do it in our flesh. And we say, well, I'm going to delete this app and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to be good. And I'm not going to struggle with it anymore. Well, guess what? If you are just saying no to sin and you're feeling that time that energy, that adoration, that desire with something else, it's probably going to lead to sin as well. When we say no to sin, do we, when we repent, do we just say, ah, I'm sorry, 
I'm just going to go over here and sit and stand right here. No, when you repent, you go away from sin and you go to Jesus. That's the number one solution. If you're struggling with sin, is to pursue Jesus. So what are some practical ways to fight through the Spirit? Number one, don't give provision to the flesh. Don't give opportunities to the flesh. And spend that time reading His Word. Spend that time memorizing His Word. Spend that time reciting His truth. Number two, ask the Spirit for help. In the moment that we're struggling with sin, most of the time the last thing we want to do is ask Jesus for help because we feel shameful. He asks us to cry out to Him because it is the Spirit who changes us from the inside out. And to have an understanding, the way we defeat our sin is not through our flesh. When we pursue Jesus, when we spend time in his word, when we spend time in community with these brothers and sisters in the room, on connect groups on Sundays and D groups on Sunday nights, we are in a community that's going to encourage us, to hold us accountable, that we would walk faithfully with Jesus. And when we spend time with Jesus and when we spend time in community with other believers pointing us to Jesus, the fruits of the Spirit will naturally pour out into our lives. So in those moments, you aren't going to choose anger down the road because the fruit of the Spirit is taking up all the room that the sin wants. Because we are pursuing Jesus and He's changing us from the inside out. If we don't understand that natural process of pursuing Jesus and Him changing us from the inside out, we're going to continue to struggle with sin with no avail. As believers, we must pursue Jesus. We must fight from truth. We must fight for our thoughts, and we must fight through the Spirit. Let me read, as Jonah and the band comes up, let me read the last couple of verses in this passage up through 17 to encourage you as we end, uh, end this time. Verse 12 of Romans chapter 8. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, live according to a live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Remember, it's the power of the Spirit. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness and with our spirit that we are children of God. In verse 17, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Y'all, this, this struggle for sin, it's going to take your whole lifetime. Right? There's, I beat anger here, but there's plenty of other sins that I'm still struggling with, that the Spirit is refining me in. But as you struggle, as you battle from truth and for your every thought and through the Spirit, never forget if you are a if you surrender your life to Jesus, you are an heir with him. You are a son and daughter of the one true king. So when you fall and you sin and you feel shame, that's part of sin, right? It's going to come on you. But let us not have the response of Adam and Eve when God calls out and we hide. When we get stuck in our sin, when we fall in our sin, let us not be like them, but let us run to him, Abba, Father. He's there with open arms because there is no longer condemnation upon you. There's no debt. There's no penalty. Jesus paid it all. 
If there's people in the room tonight that have not given that to Jesus, they have not given everything to Jesus and say, you are the Son of God that took my sins upon the cross, I want to give you that opportunity. So I'll be up here singing, but I'm here to talk to you about it. And if there are people in the room tonight that you are struggling with that secret sin that no one knows and you don't want to tell anybody about, or you're struggling with even if people know, I want you to know, pursue Jesus. Pursue community. Pursue his word. Seek and set your mind on things above. Memorize his word. Recite his promises. Recite his truths. And the spirit will work naturally within you, and you will become more like Jesus day after day after day. It's a long journey. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's why the body of Christ is here to help you along that. Let me pray. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who gives us the boldness. He gives us the confidence. He gives us the opportunity to walk with you in a relationship. Because he took our sins, he took our debts, he took our penalties to the cross. God, thank you for your son, Jesus, and what he did for us. And God, as these students, they go out from here and they, and, and they struggle with sin. God, would you encourage them that they are yours. They've truly given their life to, to you. They're yours. And just because on this side we give our life to you doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. But God, as we fight for holiness because it's worth it, God, would you encourage us, move us towards understanding your truth, understanding your word, understanding the promise of no condemnation, that when we fall, we can come right back to you. God, would you allow us and give us the power to take every thought captive and we would give it to you. We would cry out to you. And Lord, would you allow the Spirit inside of us to produce fruits of the Spirit because we are setting our minds on the Spirit. We're setting our minds on Scripture. We're setting our mind on a life with you. And God, would we just see testimonies that we can tell people as we struggle with sin, yeah, we're not perfect. Because this world, whole world thinks that Christians say they're perfect. God, we know we're not. But God, would we see testimonies of them struggling with sin and giving it to you and running after you. God, would that be a testimony to someone to come to know Jesus? That you love us so much that you see us even at our worst and you invite us back in. God, we thank you for your son Jesus. And it's in his name we pray.